Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leadership Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor at New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens. And I'm joined by Pete Scazzaro and Jerry Scazzaro. And today we're going to talk about uh, leading out of your marriage. And so at New Life for 26 years and plus, uh, we've done a lot of work, and you two in particular done a lot of work, on marriages. So when we say leading out of your marriage, Pete, uh, just talk about that. What do you mean? Uh, we're talking to leaders now, pastors and leaders. What do you mean leading out of your marriage? I think fundamentally it's, it's, a, it's a theology which is more than just I'm a Christian, I'm a leader, and I'm married. It's I'm actually, my leadership flows out of the fact that I've made this vow of marriage. That would be the kind of the topic sentence. And that biblical theology kind of title sentence in, affects everything in terms of how I lead the church. Mm. And why is this important, particularly in the church setting? Why is it important that we grasp the truth of leaders coming to a place where they're leading out of their marriage, particularly in the church context? Yeah. So maybe we should start, honey, talk about our, our story and you know, how we started out and how, you know, and then kind of, you know, how we got to where we are today and what it means. Yeah, I think from the, you know, from the first time I really started following Christ in a, a very personal, committed way, I understood marriage was important, even as a single person. But then when we got married, I, I, that, that concept uh, in discipleship of oneness, but I really never understood what that meant. And it, it's not about becoming like the other. It's not, you know, you're not trying to fuse together. You're trying to become fully yourselves, but have an exquisite unity that really actually is a reflection of the Trinity, which is a pretty amazing theology. And it takes a married lifetime really to grow into. But if you don't understand that you're also not just a reflection of the Trinity, you're also a reflection of how Christ loves the church, then you're probably not gonna be leading out of your marriage. Like we did really for the first eight years of our marriage. We were married, but we weren't loving each other well. And that wasn't our first priority. He's over here loving people. I'm over here loving people. But I don't think we really grasp the theology of oneness, which for me means my second identity is after my identity in Christ and my marriage to Christ is that I'm a married person mm. and that my life flows from that. And that's how intense oneness is, yeah. right? It's oneness. You're one, we're not one person, but it's like a mystery, like the Trinity. There are three mm. distinct people, but they have this excuse, exquisite oneness unity. Mm. And that's pretty strong because then our life, that, if that's my idea, who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm a child loved by God and I'm married. Mm. And my life flows out of that. So wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, my life is, when I'm with Pete or without Pete, though my life is flowing through and from that. Yeah, I think for me, the, 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 theologically, we didn't really talk about it very much, but you know, I was going to build a church, you know, plant churches, and I'm married. And so we, our marriage was at the service of advancing the kingdom of God and building churches through activity. And hopefully, like, we'd seek first the kingdom and everything else would be added onto us. But my theology was very compartmentalized. It was a marriage over here, an intimacy and loving Jerry, and then over here was, you know, building the church. I think the revelation we experienced in 1996 of we fell in love all over again, we experienced something of God's glory and we realized we must lead out of our marriage. Now it's been an 18 year journey, grasping it theologically actually. Mm. And so if I could, the simplest illustration I, I can think of is, is, or I like is that of 
making a vow to become a monk, uh, which informs at that point a person's entire life. In the same way, once you make a vow to be married, that informs every decision we make the rest of our lives. And so we've made a vow to be married. If you're married, you've made a vow to be married. But what that means is then you lead out of your marriage. And so you can't live like you're single. And our, our marriage is meant to be a sign and a wonder. And this comes out of Ephesians 5, this whole like, notion that Paul talks about that uh, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will be one flesh. And Paul says, but I'm talking about a great mystery. I'm talking about Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. And for Paul, the great revelation is that marriage is a pointer and a participation in the love of God for his church. And that that is our greatest gospel. That is our biggest witness. And so therefore my first ambition is my marriage out of which I'm a sign and a wonder to the church. I'm, I'm a proclamation of the gospel where, where the love here is meant to be something of heaven. I'm present to Jerry as God is present to her. Uh, what's important to her becomes important to me. That requires, a, that's a life. And I, that's my first vow on, as a follower of Christ that I've now made on earth. The only vow I'll make on earth after Christ is now to her. And so, therefore, once, in, once for the first eight years, I led like I was single, basically, working six days a week, good 70, 75 hours a week. Uh, but I was missing the way God had intended me to, to build a church. So that, that, we've experienced the joy of that the last 18 years. But I think the, the theology has really blossomed mm. in the last you know, couple of years. So it's been 18 years mm-hmm. of research, development, working in your own marriage as, as leaders. But the past year has been quite significant and uh, some new learnings yep. in your own uh, research. What has this past year taught you as it pertains to your marriage to each other and the implications for leadership? So Jerry, uh, you know, uh, what are just a couple of the things that you've learned over the past year that has deepened your marriage and your leadership? Yeah. I think that living in love was not a state that was just intended for the engaged state, you know, when you're, there's lots of romance and passion, and then things seem kind of have ebb and flow after that, but actually that God intended us uh, to live in love, and that we nurture that passion, and we look, I think, in order for that to happen, you <clears throat> need to be looking at that person, uh, your, your spouse, with the same eyes you did before you were married. And what's so wonderful about this is this was no mistake on God's part. God created our male-female attraction to be a way that we come out of ourselves and are other-centered. We're never more generous than when we're in love, Mm. right? We're thinking about the other. We're better listeners. We watch how we speak. We only see their positive things. We overlook their flaws. And we can live like this. I think God intended for us to have this ongoing conversion, even in marriage, and we call it, it's called living in love, where you're living out of affirmation, you're living out of passion, and you understand that you are, you are also living, not just for yourselves, but to actually be a sign and wonder that points to Christ's love for the church. So the sign and wonder really is the overarching direction of our marriages. But I want you to just talk about a couple of things that inform that. When you just mentioned it, talk about the ambition, talk about passion and the affirmation. Mm-hmm. Ambition, because I'm sure there are leaders that are watching this right now and they're wondering, how do I get to a place where my marriage becomes a sign and a wonder? Let's just 
get started on a couple of things that they can start thinking about and wrestling with in their own marriages. Yeah. Pete mentioned ambition. Maybe he'll touch on that again. But, you know, when we talked about Sabbath last time, we talked about one of the primary things of Sabbath is delight. It is God's, God wants to give us good things. And your spouse is one of God's gifts to you. It's some, it's, it's reminds you that yes, God is good. God is loving. He likes to give me gifts. And so I go, I start with, yeah, we were given to each other to delight in one another. And, um, but I'm, and I'm also though reminded that I, I, Ephesians 5 also talks about the fact that I'm to look to Christ and how he loved the church to know how to love Pete. And I, when you think about the cross, you can think about lots of things, you know, sacrifice, torture, but really what's, really what's leading all those things is passion. Mm. It was his passion. He pursued us. We were in his mind. We're in his mind all the time. He wants good for us. And so in that same way, that's my, my highest calling is to pursue Pete with passion, mm. uh, to love him, to think about him, to want what's good, to see what's best in him. And uh, yeah, so that's just, you know, one example. Yeah. And so it's not that, the, that I think that for me also, it's not being distracted, which is my tendency. I can be distracted in the church and leadership and all the stuff that's in my mind. Mm. And, uh, but to, to see our marriage as our greatest gift to the church and our greatest ministry to the world um, has been, you know, it's been life changing. Now we, we began this journey in 96 with an experience of falling in love again. We knew sexuality was central. And so we've been researching and studying and re I've been reading theologically everything out there on marriage and sexuality for years. But it was probably about seven, eight years ago we found John Paul, the John Paul II's Theology of the Body and began to read his, his PhD work was in this whole historical theology of contemplative spirituality and marriage to Christ and sexuality. And, uh, and then over the last couple of years, we discovered a fellow named Chuck Gallagher, uh, another Catholic Jesuit who did a lot of work in the 70s on this. And it was really quite revolutionary because we were wrestling with how to integrate prayer, sexuality, passion, um, practically into marriage. Mm -hmm. And we found out, oh my gosh, just people have been working on this for you know, 30, actually 30, 40 years. And uh, it has been a, you know, big, a big door opener for us. What's interesting is I've got my D-min in marriage and family uh, from an evangelical institution. But uh, as I found is historically, Protestant theology just has very little depth and nuances around uh, the idea that my union with my wife is connected to my union with Jesus, mm. John 15. My, her and me, I and her, is directly related to me being in Jesus and Jesus in me, mm. the whole prayer of Christ in John 17. And, and seeing my walk with Jesus so intimately connected to my walk with Jerry uh, has been such a, what's the word, integrative versus set compartmentalized. Mm. It's been such a revelation, such a, um, a unifying theme. And so therefore, as I'm making a decision now every day about what's a priority, where do I expand, it's always informed by the fact of I'm married yeah. and my vow to her. And so it's kind of a, a wonderful restraint and it keeps things in their proper order. So uh, that brings me to the, the idea of ambition. Leaders have ambition, yes. <laughs> ambition for a lot of things, yes. build a church, you know, expand, what have you. But what you're saying is, and one of the things that we've talked about is to see our marriage as our ambition. Yes. Go into that, and then Jerry, if you can just go into just the prayer component. Okay. 
Okay. And then, um, then we'll wrap up our time. Okay. But talk about ambition yeah. in marriage. Yeah. Our, our, if you're married and listening to this, your first ambition is your spouse, to, to love your spouse the way Christ loves them. That is a, um, you know, most of us as pastors and leaders, our ambition is to add numbers to the church, buy a building, add staff, you know, plant new churches, go multi-site. And those goals are good, but it can never be my first ambition. Uh, our first ambition, if we're married, is our marriage. And it gets the first investment of our time and energy. And everything flows out of that, our strategic plans, our decisions, um, how we spend our time, our money, and our energy. That means getting discipled in our marriage becomes a first priority, getting mentored in our marriage, which we, we never got mentored in our marriage. We, it was kind of, you know, again, evangelicalism, we, we don't, our seminaries, it's not, a, it's not part of the program. It's kind of like, you're married, just love Jesus, it's going to all work out at the end. Just stay stable so you can build a church. Um, and so we're coming out of hundreds of years of operating in a way that marriage is not considered a first line of discipleship for leadership. That is a huge problem. Mm. So just saying marriage is my first ambition, you know, and it's, and it's connected to my ambition for Jesus. Mm. That is, I believe, the biblical model out of Ephesians 5.32 that God invites us to, and God will take care of the rest if we do that mm. right. And we're offering, I believe, the greatest gift we can to the culture and the communities and our churches that yeah. we, that we could ever through a sermon. Yeah. yeah. And so, Jerry, as we close here, just talk about the integration of prayer right. as we think about uh, developing and deepening our marriages. Yeah, because Christian marriage is different than any other marriage. I mean, mm. your, 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 your standard is to love like Christ loved the church. That's a really high standard. And because I'm married, my first neighbor is Pete. Mm. And so he's the first one and the most important mm. person I need to convince that he's loved and lovable. That's my, that's my mission, to convince him that he's loved and lovable. Now, so every morning I wake up, um, I pray for passion. We, we, and we pray daily for passion for one another, usually first thing in the morning, and then as we think about each other through the day. Lord, give us passion for one another the way you are passionate for us. May we be present to one another as you are present to us. And then the second skill that has been really helpful is daily affirmation. Just looking for the best in him. Being reminded why I fell in love with him. Um, all the good in him. And daily affirming one another. Just really two powerful skills. Prayer for passion and affirmation of one another um, is transformative. Mm. And so we'll talk more about this in other podcasts about deepening our marriages uh, with ambition and passion and prayer and affirmation. But for more information, you can go to emotionallyhealthy.org and for more details on that. See you next time.